We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we are sponsored by Oakley. Express your style. Build a look that's made for you. Not for somebody else, for you. I wear my Oakleys every day. I have three separate pairs, and they all serve the same function. They all look awesome. And it doesn't matter. I'm We're going golfing on Saturday. I'm going to wear them there. I went to the gym earlier. I don't wear them in the gym. That would be insane. But I wear them to and from the gym. Yard work, Oakley's. Going out, running errands, Oakley's. Whether you run, golf, train, maybe you just want to look like your favorite athlete, like Debo Samuel. Maybe you want to look like Chris and I. Me and Chris. Maybe you want to look like me and Chris. Get yourself a pair of Oakley's today at oakley.com. It's eyewear with frames and lenses, allowing for an extension of self and expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. Let me tell you, there sure is. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer. It's heating up out there, guys. The sun's starting to shine every single day. That means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Maybe like the Houston's, that's the HSTN. That's the cool, like modern, but classic circle frame. There's the Baxters, which are more like that Ricky Henderson look. If you're if you're big into into that, the bigger kind of zany style. But then they have the classic pair. You know what I'm talking about? It's the Holbrooks. They're the best. I rock those every single day. Very classic lens. Very clean, nice looking. Wear it with a suit. You can wear it with a t-shirt and jeans. Doesn't matter. But it's summer, so you're gonna have to upgrade upgrade that sunglass game with whatever style you like. It's all at Oakley.com, and it always has that prism lens technology. What the hell's that? You ask. It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you want to know more, and I know you do, head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn so many goddamn sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but it is the very best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. We're going to talk about edge rushers and not the ones on the 49ers roster. Edge rushers that are... Available, whether in free agency, via trade, do the Niners need to make a move? We're going to talk about it right now. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
All right, so we're trying to figure out what the Oakley spotlight was going to be for today, and we're just going to make the whole thing the Oakley spotlight. Spotlight's bright today, Coach. Yeah, why like why try to get too cute and just and just do the whole thing? Like the whole thing is the spotlight. The whole discussion, yeah, is presented by Oakley today. Yeah, you're welcome. Visit Oakley.com while you're listening to this and just peruse. There you Great go. stuff. <laughs> so no, we're going to talk about, so we're going to do, we're going to start, uh, I think next week doing a position by position breakdown and we'll get to edge rushers, but I don't necessarily want to talk today about what's on the 49ers roster. I want to talk about the players who aren't and whether they need to go make a move at edge. In fact, I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm just going to say, if they do make a move, these are kind of the available routes they can go. And I want to start this discussion with the biggest fish, the biggest, the biggest player available and, or the biggest name available. I don't want to say biggest player because that could be wrong. I don't know if Daniil Hunter is actually the physically largest player available, (laughs) (laughs) but the biggest name available potentially is Vikings defensive end. Daniil Hunter. Hunter is in the final year of his contract and he's had this really long, like knockdown drag out contract dispute with the Vikings who have been hesitant to give him a third sizable contract. He's a really good player. He's been in the league since 2015. He has 71 sacks. He's never had fewer than six in a season. He has 85 tackles for loss in his career. He's played seven. He started 73 of 102 possible games, a couple injury issues in 2020. He had a neck thing that ended his entire season. He didn't play a game. And then in 2021, he suffered a pec injury and only played in seven games. So that's six sacks that year. That's pretty impressive. Daniel Hunter, Chris, initial thoughts. Yeah, so I think this, if you if we zoom out and make this sort of a broader discussion about where the 49ers are, I think, you know, they're they're a team that has shown when Kyle Shanahan believes they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, they're a team that will go out and make a move. And I don't know if that's going to be around training camp or maybe more closely to the trade deadline. We've seen the Niners be pretty active at the trade deadline, right? It was Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017. It was Emmanuel Sanders uh, in 2019. It was Christian McCaffrey last year. Like Those are three Mm -hmm. very substantial trade deadline trades when uh, 2017 was more about just getting a franchise quarterback. But 2019 uh, in getting Sanders and last year getting McCaffrey was – mostly because Kyle Shanahan thought the 49ers were, you know, a piece away from really contending. And he wasn't wrong given that 2019, the Niners went to the Super Bowl, and last year after getting McCaffrey, the 49ers of course went to the NFC championship game again. Um, So the reason why I bring those, those ideas up is because I think there's a reasonable scenario or like a reasonably likely scenario that the 49ers go into the season And then through the first five, six games, it becomes clear that like, all right, maybe Drake Jackson isn't the D Ford type of pass rusher we need opposite Nick Bosa. Cleland Furl isn't providing enough of a pass rush threat Mm -hmm. at that spot. And the 49ers need to make a move. And somebody like Daniil Hunter could be sort of what Von Miller was to the Rams when the Rams got him a couple of years ago in 2021 when when they went to the Super Bowl and won it. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about Daniil Hunter, I think that's somebody that would make a lot of sense for the 49ers 
at some point before the trade deadline, whether it is this summer or whether it is around the trade deadline. And one thing to keep in mind is that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who's the Vikings general manager, used to be in the 49ers front office. Mm. Um, and everybody with the 49ers knows Kwesi very well, including John Lynch. So mm-hmm. I do think that although the Vikings are a playoff team last year and probably unlikely to, to help another potential contender, I do think those communication lines will or have been open and that the 49ers would definitely kick the tires on somebody like Daniel Hunter. I don't know if they'd be willing to pay him. I don't know if he's only going to a team that would give him a new contract. Um, but it seems like he's somebody that would ostensibly make sense for the 49ers. Should they, should they decide, Hey, we're one pass rusher away from, from really being a, one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're already there, but right. I think they could absolutely be in a position where like, now nah, we need this guy to, to potentially get us over the top. So for me, I I do think that they're going to wait until they see what they have in pads. Rumor has it Drake Jackson's put on 13 pounds and is faster than ever. And if that's the case, if that's the case, no, seriously, if, if they get into camp and Drake Jackson has taken a step and they think, okay, this guy's going to start and he's going to play three downs and he's good to go, then I don't think they're going to take a huge swing on a player like Daniel Hunter. But if they get into camp and Hunter hasn't been traded yet, and it's very clear they don't have another starting caliber defensive end at a position that they have prioritized, and they have just rubber-stamped that as like the important defensive position. If they're not confident in what they're rolling with, then, then I absolutely think that the Vikings, again, if Hunter is still around to their first call, but that contract is the big, I think, sticking point. Because in a, just in a vacuum, let's say they acquire him for this year and he magically says, hey, you know what? I'm cool just playing one year and then going into free agency. It would only cost the Niners five and a half million dollars, which is probably right about what any pass rusher that they add at this point is going to cost them. They have the cap room to do it. Once they redo Nick Bosa's contract, they'll probably have more cap room to work with. So the the money for this year isn't isn't a huge problem, if if at all. But I do wonder if they can take on another contract because he turns 29 in the middle of this season, right about the halfway mark of this season, he turns 29, which I think why he wants that new contract because he doesn't want to be going into a year where, okay, he's going to turn 30 and he's trying to sign a new big deal. I just, I don't, I don't think he's going to be too keen on playing on, playing out this contract. And that's kind of the crux of, of the issue with Minnesota. But then if you look from Minnesota's side, this is a player who turns 29 this year. He's already missed a full season because of a neck injury. And then he had surgery to fix a herniated disc in his neck was, was the issue he had. And then he missed not uh, 10 games in another year. And so you're going, okay, this guy's not getting younger. Do we really want to pay him? He's not, he's not going to sign a, a three year, $45 million contract. He's going to get he's going to get paid. He's probably looking at uh twenty twenty five million a year. He's th- he's that good. He's a elite pass rusher. He's a really good run defender. He can stay on the field for all three downs. But on the other hand, if you're the Niners, you're looking at this and going, okay, 
<laughs> maybe it means losing a couple of players that that they weren't expecting to lose. But Daniel Hunter and Nick Bosa would be the best pass rush tandem in the league by a lot. Yes. I just wonder if they feel like they need to go make that Titanic of a of a move. And that's that's kind of where I get hung up. It's not so much the value. I mean, if they gave up a second round pick for Daniel Hunter, like that's a that's a great deal, I think, I think for both sides, but it's that money. And it's yeah. what does that do to their long term plan? I agree with you. I think it's it's more likely than not that all of this is about money for for Hunter and that it would basically take the market telling him that, hey, man, you're not getting a new contract this year. You might next offseason to at which point he'd say, all right, trade me to a place where I could ball out, potentially contend, put up numbers on a good defense and then get the bite at the apple next offseason and hit free agency with, you know, another year being removed from the injuries. Right. Like when Daniil Hunter's been healthy, he's been a pro bowler. Like three of his last four seasons that he's played, he's been a pro bowler. He played 16 games in 2018, 14 and a half sacks. 16 games in 2019, 14 and a half sacks. He missed 2020, uh, appeared in only seven games in 2021, and then came back last year, played all 17 games in the regular season, 10 and a half sacks. Man. 12th on the comeback player of the year voting and a pro bowler. So three of the last four seasons he's played, he's been a pro bowler. Yeah, there's, you know, like there, he could potentially be a very, very good player for the Niners. I just don't. There's probably a team that's more desperate to give him a contract now. Right. Than San Francisco, given they're about to make Nick Bosa the highest paid defensive player in league history. Right. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're spending a quarterback. At some point, you run out of room to add massive contracts. Yeah, and and so, you know, maybe, maybe there's a there's something I don't know. Like, it's just hard to imagine the 49ers having Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and Daniil Hunter all making, you know, like high level veteran salaries. <laughs> right mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know nick bosa making whatever 30 33 av- 35 on average i've just been saying 35 in my head yeah 35 on average eric armstead making 20 plus javon javon hargrave making he's what 20 plus on average yeah was he 4 and 85 yeah or oh, so 20 plus and then daniel hunter you know say three, he makes uh, say say it is you know three years 50 like that's still that's still a lot of money, right? So I yeah, I, I think it's more likely. I mean, it's certainly possible. It's not out of the realm. Like we if you would have told us this time last year, like the 49ers are gonna acquire Christian McCaffrey, you and I both would have been like, nah, here's 10 reasons why it's not gonna happen. Right. Right. And it ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely possible, as as our favorite cast member Nick Wagner would say, never say never. But I do think it's more likely that somebody like Justin Houston comes, you know, maybe a week in a training camp at three million bucks, four million bucks with a chance to put together another nice season, get a payday, potentially try to win a Super Bowl. Um, I think that's the more likely route. But again, like 
there's it, it wouldn't be crazy if the Vikings just weren't very good and then Kwesi just says, Yeah, I'm rebooting this whole thing and trading what I can and getting draft picks. And yeah. then the Niners being the beneficiaries of that. But yeah, well, the if- money thing's interesting. I would love to know what he would be willing to do. Um, like if he'd play for the Niners without getting a new deal, or if you know everything is basically contingent on him getting a new contract. Because I yeah. just don't see the Vikings being like, yeah, we're going to cash you out again after he's at, he's at the end of a four year, seventy two million dollar contract, and they have a new administration in that did not yeah. sign him to that deal, and he's dealt with the injuries, so a change of scenery does make sense. But just curious to see if he would do it without getting a contract, or if that would be imp- the the impetus on on getting a new deal that team trading for him doing doing that contract we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I if he came out and said, I'll do I'll do three years and forty five million. I, that's that changes the conversation. But like I said, I, I think he's gonna get in the in the twenty five a year range and he's it's what he's gonna I think deserve. And there's just like a team like the Bears makes a lot of sense. And I know that's NFC North and maybe they don't want to go in division and I get that, but there's just there are teams with ample cap space and everybody needs edge help. And that's that's where the 49ers might might run into some issues there. I do want to grab this Oakley spotlight though. Check out Oakley.com today and upgrade your look just in time for summer. And I do want to move it over to some of the free agents. You you mentioned Justin Houston and that's kind of the that's the name that always jumps out to me. But that's just because I've thought Justin Houston was done being a good NFL player for four years and he just continues producing at a really high level. And every year it feels like he's still available at this time. And then some team signs him for cheap and he goes out and has a really productive year. But I think he's at the top of the list of edge rushers that I think could really help San Francisco. Like Jadavian Clowney doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry that the hit against South Carolina is or the hit against Michigan is, is not a thing that affects my brain anymore. <laughs> I, I I don't, I, a guy like Jadamian Clowney, I'm out on Yannick Ngakwe. He's been on four teams in three years. That's a significant enough red flag for me. He hustles and he tries really hard as a pass rusher, but I don't know how well he'd fit with the Niners. There's, 
like there are players available on the edge in free agency that that could certainly help. But to go back to what we were talking about, I think it's all contingent on what they see from this group once once they get into camp. Yeah, so I think that there's there's a differentiation to make between somebody like Ngakwe and Houston from the standpoint of you know what teams were willing to invest in that player and give him opportunities and what type of infrastructure those teams had like Justin Houston you know playing for the Chiefs the Colts and the Ravens and the Ravens specifically like if the Ravens do something I generally think it's a good decision right like mm-hmm. they're NFL teams where you're like that's a smartly run organization they've won a lot they make decisions for the right reasons like I would put probably Baltimore Pittsburgh Kansas City Philly like probably the Niners to this point fall in that category too like oh if that team likes this guy like that guy's he's probably somebody worth betting on and Justin Houston spent the last two seasons in Baltimore 32 and 33 years old the last two years and has given them 14 sacks. Yeah. Right. And and just, two years in Indy, he gave him 19 sacks in two years. Right. Right. And, and say what you want about, you know, Chris Ballard and, and what they've, what's happened to them particularly last year. But like, I think Indy has, and Chris Ballard's been looked at as one of the best GMs in the league and Indy's had a pretty good roster. They haven't figured out the quarterback thing yet, mm-hmm. but you know, they were the them and Baltimore being the type of team that will make a bet on Justin Houston and it paying off is like, all right, that's a smart organization making the bet on a smart, talented veteran. Like, I think Justin Houston still could give the 49ers six sacks, six, seven, eight sacks this year. Like, would that be crazy if he came in and played 14 games and gave the 49ers six sacks? Like, that would you would take if. If I told you right now J- Drake Jackson was going to have six sacks this season for the Niners, would you just take that right now, or would you be would you want to play it out and be like, no, I want to see if I can get ten from him? With Jackson specifically, yeah, I think ooh, that wow, that's a really good question. Thanks. I I'm expecting more from him. Okay, but that said. If you told me he finished the season with six, it would be progress. And it would be progress from being inactive for sure. <laughs> if you told me he played 17 games, that would be progress. But I I think when you when you start to go down the, the list of guys who are available, it is all players that you're just hoping kind of get you six seven sacks in a in a rotational edge rush role i don't think there's a player who's they're gonna pick up and start and say hey you're gonna play 65 percent or 75 percent of the snaps or whatever like that player just in in mid-june is not available among edge rushers and as you go down this list it's robert quinn it's ngakwe it's clowny Dwayne smoot good player for the jags but again, he's a career six, five and a half, six, five sack guy. Those are his last four years. Uh, Houston, Carlos Dunlap came from the Chiefs, had a productive playoff run, not a great player anymore. But again, just looking for any level of productivity that they know they can rely on. Because right now it's all question marks. 
it's all question marks with Jackson and Furl and Bryant and Robert Beal and Daryl Johnson, who they just signed. And I think on some level, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? You have to give the 49ers, I mean, the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to find edge players and put them in positions to succeed. We've seen them do it with Kerry Hyder. We saw him do it with Samson Abukam. We saw him do it with Charles Amenahu. Saw him do it with Arden Key. Like there's there's this long list now of players who have kind of revamped or revived their careers in in San Francisco. So maybe one of Furl or Bryant pans out, but I just have a really hard time at a position that important going into a year where it's yeah maybe where you just have no idea. And that's right. why I think that's why I think of of all these of all these things we're talking about trades and signings and this and that. I think just going out and getting the player that they like the best as a veteran edge rusher to come in and be on the roster and be a rotational guy. I think that's the move because at this point it's going to cost them $5 million and they, they have that. So Cleveland Furl as a rookie in 2019, he was, he had four and a half sacks second Mm -hmm. year. Two sacks in 11 games, played 16 games in 2021, one and a half sacks, 2022, two sacks. He's just not been very good. Yeah, it kind of feels like, I mean, I think the most optimistic anybody could realistically be about Furl this year would be like, hey, if they gave him five, if he gave him five, that would be. Oh, I would take, I would take that so fast. Yeah. You take five, ideally Drake Jackson is somebody that can get you more over time. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think the bigger deal, because the 49ers figuring out how to rush to passer, I don't think is going to be a, a massive problem when you have Eric Armstead and you have Javon Hargrave and you have Nick Bosa. I don't, I don't think it's like they need to go find somebody over on that other side to to pressure the quarterback 80 times in a year. That's not a, it's not realistic at this point. And, and B, I don't think that that's going to make or break their, their chances at the Super Bowl. I honestly think the bigger deal might just be make it where who can be on the field for, for what's the phrase I'm looking for in run situations. Like can any of those guys be on the field to defend the run? And then, figure out how to get after the quarterback. I would say though, cause like we've talked about at various times, like making sure your strength is your strength. Right. And that's kind of what the Javon Hargrave addition was. It was like, yeah, our defensive line's already really good, but let's add another really good dude to make sure it's good. And that sort of like, give yourself more room for error. And that if you deal with an injury or something, okay, well we still have, you know, if Eric Armstead has to miss time, well, we still have Hargrave and Bosa. Like, we'll be okay. You know, as opposed <laughs> to if you don't have Hargrave and then it's like you lose Armstead and then it's like, all right, now we have to rely on Javon Kinlaw to like be really good, you know, right. and, and anchor a defense that is centered around its defensive line. If we're looking at possible ways the 49ers defense isn't as elite as it potentially could be. And again, a lot of things happen during a regular season, right? They could get just brutally hit with injuries 
the world where the Niners defense is an elite is injuries cost them their pass rush. Or at least injuries prevent them from having the elite pass rush that they've had, because like we can't really look at it outside of, you know, maybe Isaiah Oliver is really good, but that's sure. kind of that's a that's a question mark. That's a that's a maybe at this point. Outside of Charvarius Ward, like Talano Hufunga is not a coverage safety. Mm-hmm. Outside of Charvarius Ward, you can make a case that the 49ers secondary is pretty average right now. And so if mm. your pass rush isn't elite, there's a chance your defense is is not an elite level defense that you need it to be or that you're planning on it to be. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair, but I also yeah, okay, that's that's fair. So there's so what, what I'm I don't saying I think that Diamond Lenore is gonna take such a giant leap that the Niners have these two lockdown corners and Right. Like Diamond or Lenore, I think at best is an average to slightly above average starting corner in the league. Right? Is that fair? But like who's your that? secondary gets gets a lot better when you have an elite pass rush. Yes. Yes. That's why they've built their defense the way they built it. Yeah. So, and I that's think, why I can't fathom they go into the year with what they have at defensive end. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think like, yeah, their defensive line as it stands right now on paper is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But could you give yourself another option at edge to where you have a little bit of breathing room to where like, you know, you lost Samson Ebukam and Charles Amenahu, two guys who did not have insignificant roles at that position (laughs) right we ended up playing a lot and like i i would argue like a lot of stuff happened in that falcons loss the niners had last year Mm. but really the biggest one for me was just nick bosa not being available yeah they just couldn't set the edge on the falcons and the falcons really took advantage like if they got to that point without adding anybody at that spot it's like nick bosa twist an ankle he has an ankle sprain knock on wood hopefully that doesn't happen but like he has an ankle sprain and you have to you're you're without him for three to four games Mm. if you don't add anybody all of a sudden your defense like might take a severe step back Mm -hmm. for for that amount of time to where if you were to add a justin houston or trade for daniel hunter at least you do have a credible option there and you can play the type of football your team was designed to play, mm-hmm. right? Because part of Kyle Shanahan's overall conservatism when it comes to play calling at the end of halves, and he's been, you know, the 49ers scored a lot of points at the end of halves last year. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think a fair gripe about Shanahan has been his fourth down decisions and about his end of half play calling um, probably before last year or last year less than most, I should say, is because Shanahan's sort of old school in that he's playing to his defense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very much like by design. He's like, I am I have an elite defense. I'm going to play to the strength of my team. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden that defense isn't elite, which it might not be if you lose Nick Bosen, obviously any defense that lost one of its best players, that's going to happen to. Yeah, yeah. But if you have an opportunity to reinforce that strength, that's why you do it. That's why... Sure. Like people make fun of the 49ers all, all those years were like, oh, they draft another defensive lineman. Well, it's like, yeah, they you have to make sure your strength is your strength, because if your strength is not your strength in any given week, 
then you cannot play the type of football that you typically that you taught yourself how to play or that you've that you've sort of designed yourself how to play and then it becomes harder to win games yeah i want to grab the oakley spotlight and move it over to one more player who it doesn't sound like he's going to be on the move and that's washington defensive end chase young the reporting that's coming out about this and albert breer had it in his in his monday morning quarterback column last week basically he's saying that Washington, because Young didn't get his fifth-year option picked up, he's dealt with injury issues. He has one and a half sacks since winning his defense, winning defensive rookie of the year in 2020. But the Commanders are taking calls, but they're not actively looking to move him. And it sounds like they may be waiting until training camp to kind of see how Chase Young looks before deciding how earnestly they're going to pursue those calls. And that's where I get kind of. That's where I get a little bit stuck is because if Washington is punting on a guy this talented based on what they've seen in practice, I don't know how much he'd be able to help the 49ers. But also, I think he's a talented enough player that it's worth taking a a flyer on. So I'm a little bit stuck in the middle on Chase Young, and it doesn't even sound like he'd be on the move. But I that's that's another name that's that's come up in the in the edge market. I wonder, like, because they declined his fifth year option, right? This offseason. Yeah. So for next year. Yeah. Does that like irreparably harm your relationship? If you're like if you're Chase Young and you're the first round pick, first overall pick, and you're as talented as you are, and you've proven that you could potentially be like yeah. an elite defensive player of the year type talent in this league. If the team you play for is like, nah, on your fifth year option, are you just like, yeah, I'm never playing for you again. That's wild that you would disrespect me like that. I don't think so. I think you sit down and have a, have a conversation with them. I think Sorry. you say like, this is, you know, this is the situation we're in. Like, I think, Let's see. What's an that would have been like? I'm trying to get this year's number for him. It would have been 13.2 million fully guaranteed on his fifth year option, which isn't a lot for a potentially elite edge rusher in his prime. I think that's I think I think that's right. Don't don't fully quote me on that because I don't have the projections for next year's fifth year options, but. He's been hurt. Like that's oh, here we go. Okay, never mind. I have it. I have it right here. Um, it would have been seventeen point four million dollars fully guaranteed. Okay, yeah, that sounds more that sounds more like it. So I get why they don't want to give that to him. And it's an injury issue. It's not a performance issue. It's not a question about his talent, but he just hasn't been on the field. Yeah. And that's my other that's my other hang up with Chase Young. Is if you're going to say, okay, this is the guy we're going to rely on. Is that really the guy that, that you want to wind up relying on? I mean, it depends like on a team that already has Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave, like you're not, you're not needing a whole lot from chase young. You're not really like, depending on what you trade for him. Well, but that's the thing is, is Washington has a really good defensive line too. Yeah. So I think they're, they're running into a little bit of the same, a little bit of the same issue. 
And you just like love Ohio State guys. You cannot stop talking about gassing up Ohio State guys. Yeah, between Chase Young and you, it's so many. Albert Breer got a little bit of burn a few minutes ago. Okay, hang on. Let me, I got to even this out now. I'm going to do some job. I'm going to read some Josh Dubow tweets and some Tracy Sandler tweets and some Adam Schefter tweets. (laughs) Yeah, Schefter went to Michigan. Uh, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Tom Brady, ever heard of him? Tom Brady, pretty good player. He's like gas up a Michigan guy. Okay, great. Glad we're being <laughs> fair and balanced about this. <laughs> what if I was just like, I'm going to gas up some Michigan guys. Draymond Green. Um, He's from Magic Michigan. Johnson. Magic Johnson. Uh, Tabor Pepper. Just start listing Michigan State guys. Yeah. Mark Mulder, Michigan State. Really? I think so. Oh, interesting. Good knowledge by me. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying... Javon Ringer? Sorry, keep going. I am buying uh, Chase Young stock while it's low at the moment. Yeah, it's fair. Crazy talented dude, for sure. Still a believer. Shocking. There were people... I mean, there were legitimately people that thought Chase Young was more talented talented than both the Bosa Bros at Ohio State. That's crazy. That's crazy. That so, just was never. That wasn't the case. That was, ne- was a, neither of the Boses were the number one overall pick. Oh no! Sorry, Chase Young was second overall. Yeah, behind Joe Burrow. No Joe Burrow. Ohio State guy. That's right. Another Ohio State guy. Good, good pull <laughs> by you. Anywho. I do think, do you think ultimately, let's end, let's end this here. We're going to take the Oakley spotlight. Visit oakley.com today and shine it on us now. It's, oakley spotlight's getting some work today. Do you think they wind up adding another edge defender? By the trade deadline, yes. Oh, by the trade deadline, he says. Yeah. I think they're... I think it's my bias that thinks they should that makes me say they're going to. But I think when you kind of look at their history, I I, I think you kind of you you laid it out earlier. They're going to ride with their guys until they get to that trade deadline point and then go, okay, we've given four players X amount of shots to to win this job and they haven't. So I do, I'm going to agree I, with you. I, I, do. I don't I. I, I think they should sign a veteran, a Justin Houston type, a Melvin Ingram, like just somebody who can who you feel good about rushing the passer on on passing downs. But I don't think they're gonna go do that. Yeah, I think look, I'm not th- this discussion sounds like I mean, I'm not dismissing Drake Jackson potentially being that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has the ability to, it's just hard, like right now where things stand based off how last season ended, it's hard to just assume that he's going to make a massive leap from where he was and be the answer that they drafted him to be. He could, like we've seen, it happens all the time, right? We've seen guys that we have no expectations for end up just be like taking a massive leap. Like, you know, we, we thought Talano Hufunga last year. I mean, he was a pretty big question mark going into the season, right? Yeah, for sure. Ended up being really good having an all-pro season. I mean, debatable mm-hmm. whether he actually deserved all-pro, but like still really good player. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, Brock Purdy, we thought, was going to be ticketed to the practice squad and mm-hmm. be behind Nate Sudfeld. Now That's the thing is, like, is the Niners front office, and I said this earlier, I feel like they just they kind of get the benefit of the doubt from me right now. Yeah, I think so. Even if I vehemently disagree with how they go about things or whatever. Like Colton McKivitz, for example, I thought for sure they should be drafting an offensive tackle early to really push him and see if they can they can create some competition there to find out who's going to be the best player. They're just kind of handing him the job. So, all right. And they did it with Aaron Banks, and they did it with Spencer Burford, and they ostensibly did it with Jake Brendel last year. I know Daniel Brunsko got hurt, and, and that set that center composition back a little bit. But it for the for the most part worked out. So that's that's kind of where I've got to land. Like I said, even if I disagree with how they're going about it, I think the if I was the GM, Justin Houston would be a 49er today. The I think that so if we this might be a discussion for another podcast, but like and we've probably alluded to this in sort of grander conversations before but like if there is something to criticize criticize the 49ers for i think it's it's kind of kyle shanahan's handling of the quarterback situation Mm, sure I i think kyle shanahan's really good at getting the most out of his quarterbacks i don't think kyle shanahan's great at identifying said quarterbacks okay i'll buy that i think that's right i think and it's but he's really it's good not... at getting skill guys, and they're really good mm-hmm. at drafting and identifying defensive players. I think he's really good at utilizing skill guys and finding finding roles for them that that work best and using his his offensive ingenuity to put them in positions to succeed. Yeah. Which is I, I mean, basically the same thing. But in terms of like giving the 49ers the benefit of the doubt, I mostly do on. I do on like 90% of their decisions, I think. I think we can look at the DeForest Buckner trade and say that was a mistake. I think we can look at. Yeah, I think we can look at the handling of Jimmy Ward over the last year. As kind of a mistake. But yeah. other than that, yeah. I mean, they did have the number one defense in the league last year. No, right. But now Jimmy Ward's on the Texans and you're, you know, you had a a need at slot corner and you had to draft yeah. a free safety. That's fair. So, I mean, but again, no team is perfect. Like even while Bill Belichick was winning Super Bowls, it was like the the Patriots would have head scratching drafts every year. Yeah, yeah. No, no team's gonna bat a thousand. That's no. I mean, that's just kind of how, kind of how it goes. Yeah. Anything else? I wrote down some more Michigan players to shout out. Braylon Edwards. Oh, Jordan Poole's a really good one. Braylon Edwards, obviously, king of the stop route. Mike Bell, ever heard of him? Jake (laughs) Butt, Denver Broncos legend. Mario Manningham. 49ers legend. That's all I've got for now. Chase Winovich. Remember everyone thought he was going to be like amazing. Yes. And then he went to the Patriots and everyone was like, oh my God, Belichick's done it again. Yeah. How many times has Bill Belichick done it again when really it was Tom Brady the whole time? 
Michigan alum. The whole time? For the most part. Remember when I, they spent all that money in free agency and everybody's like, they figured it out. The Patriots are the no, first team ever to spend buku bucks in free agency. I know. And it's going to work. I think if we're if we're giving out credit to the Patriots dynasty, like it's probably 70 30 and like Tom Brady over Bill. Yeah, I was I was but you you need both. Like I I really yes. Just overall in sports discussions, I find it really reductive to be like to 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 count it as a detriment to somebody's resume when they have someone else that's awesome. Like, oh, like Joe Montana never <laughs> would have been shit without Bill Walsh. Right. It's like, right. okay, we'll never know. So you can't make that argument. And like, we're, you know, like these things. That's like, that's like the nuggets this year. Everybody's like, well, they had an easy run. Like, no, they were just better than everybody else. Right. That's the goal <laughs> in a season, man. They, <laughs> right. they were so much better. There are some people who would prefer that we all watch one player carry a bad team and beat teams that are better than him, better than his team in three in four straight rounds. And then only that person can be the goat. Right. That's it. That's the only time it's yeah. It's funny. Like it's the same discussion. Anyway, it's, it's a similar discussion of like, Oh, the Niners haven't played anybody. Well, it's like, yeah, if you go an NFL schedule and you're better than every team you play, right. We're, you, it's hard to like really use that against you. Exactly. Like, Real quick. Real quick, did you see the report that Kirk Cousins is going to enter free agency? I mean, I just assumed it. I could have told you that weeks ago, years ago. What was the report? It's all happening. The report was Cousins confirmed that he doesn't expect to have further contract extension talks this offseason, meaning he's set to play out the final year of his deal and is now scheduled to be a free agent next Offseason, that's via Ari Mayrov. It's happening. I mean, it's all happening. I've resigned looking, myself to this. Without looking, is he? He's got to be the best free agent quarterback next year, right? Wow, that's a phenomenal question. I can't. I can't imagine that he's not, because he's right on the. He is. He is the cutoff point for me. Of Patrick Mahomes, for example. Patrick Mahomes is never going to hit free agency because good good quarterbacks don't hit free agency, right? right? But Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins can hit free agency, and the team probably feels fine about it. If I, I were a GM of the cutoff, if I were the GM of a team, Kirk Cousins would be the cutoff at quarterbacks I can win a Super Bowl with. You think you can or cannot? Can. Hmm. But you need to like have the best defense in the league and like a good running game. Like you can't be right. There's so many caveats. Yeah, yeah. Like the the Jimmy Garoppolo corollary essentially. Like you can't contend with Jimmy unless you have a elite surrounding situation. All right, free agent quarterbacks next year. Say yay or nay if they're better than Kirk Cousins, oh, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Sam Darnold. Stop <laughs> me when there's one that's better than Kirk Cousins. Okay. No. <laughs> just just reading the whole list. He is he is the uh let me get void years in here. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. That's not doing it for me. Marcus Mariota. No, it's not doing it for me either. Ooh, Colt McCoy? That's nah, still not doing it for me. 49ers legend. Sudsy? 
Now, Josh Johnson, I know he quarterbacked a team to an NFC Championship game, but I think he's... Nathan Peterman? No. Ooh, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll's on the Cardinals. <laughs> what? I didn't even know he was in the league. Good for him. I think he's on the Cardinals. LaTeX legend. Quentin Patton. Just going to start naming LaTeX guys. Okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm all done talking about the 49ers for today. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not done so. We appreciate the hell out of it. Shout out to Oakley for sponsoring today's pod. We'll have some exciting news for you on the next podcast. So make sure you are uh, staying locked into your feeds because we're going to have content coming for you through this entire dead part of the calendar as we wait for as we wait for training camp to, to get underway. You're smiling. What happened? I don't like well, you get this shit eating grin and I don't like it. <laughs> no, I was thinking about my favorite Quentin Patton story is but oh. I don't know if we want to <laughs> yeah. keep the pod going. Save it for the next pod. Okay, we'll save it for the next pod. Chris's favorite Quentin Patton story on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.